Blog Talk Radio. Okay, listeners, I have my next guest on board here, and she is such a talented recording artist, a singer, obviously, songwriter, author, talk show host. I'm talking about the one and only Reese Palmer. Reese, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Janice. How are you? I am delighted because what people don't know is how far back you and I go. I think the very first time oh, yeah. the very first time I talked to you, I think you were working in the mall at the store called Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> no, you know what I was? I was working it wasn't Spencer's, it was um Oh my god. It was um The Forever Twenty One no. No, it was <laughs> I think it was um I want to say it was like it was like Arden B, I think. Arden B, okay, one of those. I've never kind of worked. Stores. With, yeah, I was gonna say I've never worked with Spencer's, but yeah, it was it was Arden B, I think. Yes. And you awesome. were just a baby, just a baby. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, the infant. <laughs> and look at you now. You are. I am just. I was telling your publicist. I am just so proud of you. You have made a name for yourself, and I mean. In one of, well, any form, any genre of music today, any time is difficult, but you've made an established name for yourself in country music. So, first of all, congratulations on achieving such a very, very aggressive and difficult task, but you you are doing it. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That, that means a lot to hear. Thank it really you. is. And then I've left out, uh, you are also a CMT news correspondent for the CMT network. I left that one out. I am, yes. <laughs> well, Reese, in addition to us having a little mini reunion here, we are, of course, here to talk about an upcoming television special, March 24th, uh, American Masters in the Making series on PBS, hosted by award-winning singer-actress Audra McDonald. Uh, they're focusing on nine artists, uh, different genres of music, and you are one of the people that they're profiling, American Masters. Oh, my God. Give us a preview on what we will see. Um, well, first of all, I it, it never gets old seeing my name next to something like American Masters. That's something that I've been watching, you know, grow, grew up watching and, and and just knowing the prestige and importance of the work that American Masters does. So the In the, the Making series is um, following artists that are not at the end of their careers, because typically American Masters is like a retrospective, but this is more so like in the moment while the stuff is happening. And so Sylvie Davis, the filmmaker, um, followed me, all of 2022 and um 2022 proved to be one of my busiest years ever um and you know that's not including just when I was you know a new artist back in the early 2000s but I um she followed me at home um during my tour with Kingfish during the spring of last year um and preparing to take a group of artists of color, women of color, 
over to Europe to perform in an Americana country music fest in London called the Long Road Festival. And they also followed me on assignment with CMT. So there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you see me a lot without makeup on. <laughs> I'm also in the studio. <laughs> I'm also in the studio working on a new project. And so um, you get a glimpse of me working, writing, um, you know, making eggs for my babies, and um, driving to school, having meetings, all of that. So it really is, like, I think a very pretty accurate snapshot of what life looks like right now for me. Oh, it sounds like it's very, very uh, diverse as far as the many hats that you wear as a career woman, a mom, a wife, uh, and all of your professional duties. And so that's good to see. I like it when artists, when they strip down and just, you know, we see you guys as regular people. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see and watch you on. My goodness. Well, again, it's March 24th on PBS. And so everybody check the listings in your city to get the exact time slot. So, as we all know, no one becomes an American master's uh, profile overnight. And so your journey to get to where you are now and continuing to go, among your many accomplishments, you have performed at the Grand Ole Opry several times. Tell me, what was it like the very first time you got invited and performed to the Grand Ole Opry? I mean, what were your thoughts? I was blown away. Um, you know, that was that was and is still kind of the holy grail for mm-hmm. anybody that wants to be a part of country music. It's kind of the pinnacle in a lot of ways. Um, so when we got the call, it kind of all coincided because it was like the song charted, my first single charted. And so then, you know, we're going up the charts and I'm being invited to play, you know, all these different um, places and, and things. And so, you know, as as the song is, is climbing the charts, we get the phone call, you know, we would love for Reese to come and perform. And so I just, I remember I just started screaming. I was on radio tour and I was in the car with my guitar player and my one of my radio reps. And I just started screaming and crying because I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that it was finally my time to, to be on the Opry. Like this thing mm-hmm. that I used to grow up watching and just knew that, like, you know, you're nobody until mm-hmm. until the Opry wants you on the show. So, yeah, it was um, it was, it was was a dream come true. It really was. And, you know, in addition to the Grand Ole Opry, you've also performed at the White House, uh, New York's prestigious Lincoln Center, the Apollo, Racy. Uh, can we safely say you have definitely broken through that glass ceiling for African American female singers and country music? Um, I think in a lot of ways I have, but at the same time, there are still barriers that need to be broken, and so I'm working really hard to make sure that those bar- those those broken barriers can be made sooner than later. Um, I mean, I've done, I'm very proud of the work that I've done and the work that the people around me have, um, have helped me do. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel pretty, I mean, I, I said this the other night, like I'm nowhere near done, 
And um, I still have a very, very long laundry list of things that I want to do. But I'm really content and I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish, especially considering that, like, most of my career has been independent. And then, you know, me kind of calling the shots and stuff. So, yeah, I am. I'm very proud of it. And that is what definitely makes your career so unique as you know as I said I've been following you forever and yeah you have done a huge portion of this success independently and that gives a lot of um, a good motivator and encourager to people who are independent artists to see your success like this I I hope so like I try to that's the kind of advice that I give to up-and-coming artists is just like you know, it's nice to have all the bells and whistles. Don't get me wrong. And like, you know, I was I was grateful and thankful to have uh, record label funding when I had it. But there's nothing like being able to call the shots on something mm-hmm. or to make the final decision for what's right for you, and not have anyone to tell you, well, I don't know if that's a smart move, or you know, I don't know if that's the correct political move, or anything like. Mm-hmm. It's been nice to be able to kind of stay true to myself and stay true to my ethics and stay true to, you know, what's important to me. Tell us about your radio show on Apple Music, Color Me Country, in its third year. It's such a cool, unique title for a show, especially with the work you're doing. So tell us about your show. Thank you. Well, the title comes from, I wish I could take credit for that, but it's, um, It's the title of the album that Linda Martell put out um, more than 50 years ago. And Linda Martell is the first black woman to ever play the Grand Ole Opry. And to this day, she is the highest charting black female on the Billboard country chart. And that was in 1968. So I decided that when I got the opportunity to make the show during the pandemic, um, that I wanted to name it after her because I feel like she's kind of like our patron saint, you know, mm-hmm. all the black women that are trying to do this are even a, a lot of the hurdles are lower because of what Linda cleared for all of us. Um, so the show is basically a celebration of people of color in country music and Americana music and roots music. We try to, you know, give platform we try to educate we definitely try to entertain and i just want it to be real like i want to i want people i wanted it to be a safe space for these artists so many of the experiences that i had as a new artist coming up in the business and, and not having a lot of peers like me um i often felt like i couldn't really say sometimes the things that I was feeling or the things that I was going through. And so it was really important to me that with this show, my story is so similar to so many other stories. And so I just wanted to make sure that people felt comfortable that they could say the truth and that there's no, no retaliation, no, um, you know, no one's going to be offended or anything like that because we're just talking the real. And it's been really fun to do. Like I've, I've, I've gotten to interview, like, heroes. Like, I got to do Anita Pointer, 
before she passed to talk about the Pointer Sisters and like their groundbreaking work in country music. Um, I've had Linda on the show. I've had Darius Rucker on the show and had him talk about things that he's never talked about um, on the record before, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, it's been a really fun experience. I, I mean, I you know, I'm nowhere near <laughs> the journalist that you are, Janice, but you know, I try to have really awesome, honest, I meant to say honest, not awesome, but I hope they're awesome, but I have, try to have really honest conversations with these people and and ask the questions that I think the audience wants to know or that I definitely know that I want to know. And yeah, and just kind of leave it open, like an open dialogue and have people walk away learning something about their art, their favorite artists that they never knew. Well, obviously, the show is doing quite well. Again, it's their third season. It airs every Saturday on Apple Music Country, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And tell us about, now, I understand you have the Color Me Country Artist Grant Fund. And now, what is that all about? So that started in 2001. That actually started December of 2001. And um, it is, actually, no, it was December of 2020. I'm sorry. Um, basically, it's an offshoot of the Rainy Day Fund, which is our sister fund. And it was started by one of my fellow Apple Music hosts, um, Kelly McCartney. And Rainy Day funds artists, LGBTQ+, and BIPOC artists in Americana music. And I was actually a recipient of that grant early on when I was working on Color Me Country before I got with Apple. And so I love the idea of there being money for artists that has no strings attached. You don't have to write a long, you know... (laughs) Like, anybody that's ever written for a grant mm-hmm. knows that, like, it's, like, it is homework. Oh, tell me and about it. And it would be, oh, my God. <laughs> you don't have to have an affidavit. You don't have to have uh, letters of recommendation. Just literally apply and, you know, and wait for the check. And so, to date, we have raised over $100,000. Oh, And we have... Um, granted over 65 artists. And one of the projects that we did as a result of Color Me Country Grant was I was able to take seven um, Latinx, Black, and Indigenous women to London um, in August of last year, all expenses paid, to perform at the Longwood Festival. And it was pretty amazing. Oh, I know that was so awesome. Oh, congratulations. Oh, that's so thank you, sweet. thank you. This is—I think this is my favorite thing out of all the things that I've done over the last couple of years. This one's my favorite. I don't blame you. That just melts my heart to hear that. Um, that's just awesome. Just okay. Tell me this real fast, and then I got a couple of last questions here. Are there sure. with looking at your success, uh, Mickey Guyton, another African American country music singer, recording artist. Um, Miko Marks, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you about you and Miko's tour in a minute here. But are, do are you seeing more and more African American or just people of color getting into country music, especially women? Are you seeing that? 
Yeah, no, there's definitely been a huge influx, especially in the last couple of years, um, because I think the visibility has made people feel a little bit more comfortable. But I think more so than like anything that the industry has done, I think that people are just empowered to just kind of do what you want to do because we're no longer like the gatekeepers are falling Good. in that, you know, there are now ways to have your music heard that have nothing to do with signing a record deal. And modern technology has made it possible so that everybody can make music, everybody can upload it. Everybody can speak directly to their fan base and create a fan base. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, in some ways it's the wild west, but in other ways it's like we're kind of in a, in a, in a, in a glory day scenario in that everybody can have their moment and, and have equal access to the attention and to the music and, and, and all of that. So it's, it's a really good time, I think. To be independent or to be interested in this music and get it out there because there's so many ways to do it. Well, I'm very happy to hear that the gatekeepers are falling. That's good to know. I'm so tired of gatekeepers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Lord. They're everywhere, everywhere. Okay. Another excited project that I'm loving about you is that you and Miko Marks, another, of course, African-American country music singer, and I've been talking to her not quite as long as I have you, but I remember Miko from back in the day, and you ladies are touring up. You're going to do a national tour. Tell us about it. Well, you know, Miko and I have been friends for a long time, and She's someone that I really look up to. She's a she's not just a friend. She's also like an inspiration, a peer, and all of that. And so, you know, she's been having a really she's been having a great run, and she deserves every minute of it. It should have had it a long time ago, but that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. However, um, I just was looking at all the things that both of us had going on, and um, and and what a good time we have whenever we're together. And we did a show for Black Opry um, back in July of last year, and it was so good. And it was funny. We sat next to each other. You should never sit us next to each other. <laughs> and um, it felt like somebody said in the audience, it was like, it felt like the Reese and Miko show. And I was like, that is exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like to us. And I was just like, girl, we need to take this on the road. So, you know, I sat and talked to her about it, and I was like, I know you got a lot going on, and, you know, she's in between tours right now. And so I was just like, girl, I would love it. I would be honored if you would go out with me and, like, we co-headline something. And it was just not even a question. She was just like, girl, absolutely. So with the help of her manager and her agent, we were able to put together a nice, like, a nice run, and we're going to get an acoustic run. And so you're going to get very stripped down, Lucy and Nico concentrate. And we're going to do some things together and then some things separately. And I'm just really excited. Like, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm most looking forward to the show that we're going to be doing in Nashville oh, I know. on the 18th because I think that that's like a full circle moment for us. Most definitely. So much of our, yeah, so much of our careers, you know, 
ended and began in Nashville, and so it just feels very apropos for us to end the tour there. And, and we also have a you. single coming out. Yeah, tell me, what's it called, Still Here? Tell us about it. Yes. Still Here is, I mean, it's, it's, it's very autobiographical. It's mm-hmm. about both of us. It's about both of our stories because, you know, as you've mentioned, we've both been at this for a really long time. We were kids mm-hmm. when we started doing this. And um, so many things have been thrown at both of us, both from the industry and just from life. And it really is pretty amazing to not only get to have a first act, but then to have a second act. Mm-hmm. That never happened. And so I think that it's a testament to holding holding fast to your dreams and to believing in yourself and, like, just to keep pushing. And so that's what the song is about. And Nico and I got to sit down and write it together. And I'm just really proud of it. And I'm very excited, you know, that we get to have this full circle moment of working together and, and, and putting out music and, and touring together. I think it's pretty amazing. So the tour starts uh, May 3rd, is that correct? Yes, in D.C. In D.C., okay. So, and for people who want to make sure to get their tickets, get the tour dates, go to com. Any other uh, links or social media links they need to go to? Oh, yeah. No, you can also, uh, MikoMarks.com is another place you can do it. We're both posting the same links. Okay. And then on social media, I am Reese Palmer Music across the board. Um, so, yeah, please follow me and all the updates. I don't Twitter anymore, uh, but I, I still Instagram and I still um, TikTok. And so everything is Reese Palmer Music across the board, and it's all verified. So follow, look for the blue check. Okay, Reese Palmer music. Okay, I, uh, I I've got to do better with Twitter myself. I, I just got to stop it. It's just so much. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Do I don't like the Elon Musk thing? Kind of killed it for me. So I've <laughs> I am boycotting until until conditions improve. Yeah, a lot of celebrities took that stance, and. Uh, yeah, they're. I, I hopefully they've got their their broom and dustpan. They're going to clean things up. Hopefully, we'll see. We will see. I hope we will we'll see. see. But in the meantime, uh, we are going to be tuning in March twenty fourth on PBS nine p.m. Eastern time. Folks, check the listing on in, for your time zone. I'm not good at math, so you've got to figure your own time zone out. So. But it again, it is uh, oh, I can't wait to see it. I just can't wait to see the American Masters in the making series. And you are one of the profile people, and you are so deserving, young lady, so deserving. Thank you, Janice. I appreciate that so much. That means a lot coming from you. Well. We all, me, you, and Miko, were all a part of the Clarisville generation when we all first met. So we'll just put it like that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I got to stop it. But anyway, Miss Reese, I know you're busy. Obviously, you've got so much coming up here. And just thank you so much for chatting and having this little mini reunion with me today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Always. Well, if you and Miko, if you ever come to Vegas just to hang out a girl's trip, you guys call me up and we can all girl's trip together. 
That sounds good. Yeah. That's actually, that sounds like a that sounds like a party. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.